Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, it's Chris and Christina. We are back. If you have been listening to the podcast for a while, you notice that we are interviewing lots of people. We want to give you so many different perspectives of how to be a really good, authentic mentor, but we are back today. It feels good, doesn't it? It to does. To be back, yeah. So we're going to be talking about, we've talked about this in the past, but yeah. we're going to share more characteristics of a mentor. Yeah, we're going to share three today, and you're like, well, I just think giving you some practical tools as you interact with people, as you build those relationships, these are just really good tools. So let me give you all three, and then we're going to jump into them individually. But first of all, a mentor follows through on what he says he will do. So that consistency. Second of all, a mentor sees potential in his mentee. We're going to unpack that a little bit. And the last one we're going to be talking about is how a mentor uses his emotions wisely. So Chris, why don't we jump in? I may have said this in a different order, but let's talk about how a mentor, the importance of a mentor seeing potential in his mentee. Well, let me ask you, can you think of someone that saw potential in you? Oh, my word, yes. And who was that? What what did it do for you? Yeah. When I first became a Christian, I became a Christian at 19, but at 20, I was like, listen, if I'm going to live for God, I really want to live for God. And there was a beautiful older woman, I think even older than my mom, Ramona Romines, if you're listening. (laughs) She just took me under her wing, and I was just wet behind the ears, just hungry, but didn't have a lot of tools. I think I loved people and she could see, oh, wow, this girl has really a lot of potential to love people well and to gather people. And so she took me along with her. And I know that she saw a lot more in me than I certainly did at the time. And so I walked with her probably a year and a half and uh, imitated her, (laughs) did things that she did because they worked well. And then, you know, through maturity, just stepped more and more into who I was. But she saw potential in me and really helped develop me. Uh, The man that comes to my mind right away is Mike Booth. Mm -hmm. He was uh, a singles pastor to me. Mm -hmm. And I was in my mid-20s. A young lad. (laughs) Out of college, trying to figure out my career path, wanting to have, you know, a girlfriend, a future wife, had many questions about life. But I was really insecure. Uh And this guy... He had to have seen some of my insecurities. Oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> but he saw beyond the insecurities. So yeah. that's really important to talk about this with, yeah. with this aspect, this characteristics of a mentor. That they, he or she can see beyond what they, what everyone else may currently see. You know, it's really wonderful what age does. The 20-year-old me wanted my mentor to see my potential, right? And to have bigger dreams for me than I thought possible because I could hang my hat on that. That was a hook that I could strive for. The 54-year-old me, when I look at somebody I'm mentoring, sometimes if I'm really, really honest, to see their potential versus where they currently are, that's a stretch for me, right? That requires faith on my part. Oh, no. What if all this investment doesn't pan out? What if they don't hit that mark? I'm not responsible for them hitting that mark. Just like Jesus sees me as complete. God sees me as complete because I'm in Jesus. I want to see the full potential in a mentee. But as a mentor myself, boy, that requires me to have some faith to go, 
I see this for this person, I'm going to help cultivate and push toward that because I see that in that. That takes some courage and some faith on my part to push and to see that. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I would say, though, when I speak about this man in my, and I was in my 20s, I didn't even have that terminology Mm -hmm. about, oh, I hope this guy would speak into my life because he would see potential in me that I don't see. You don't know it as a mentee. I didn't even think of that way. Right. And so I think it's, it is important. I don't just think, I know it's important as a mentor for many years now to actually say that to someone to say to you, who's mentoring you, Christina, another woman to say, I see this potential in you. Right. It may be covered up right now. I may just see glimpses of it, but I want to believe with you and it, yeah, if it, you want it to resonate with that person, it can't be something you just make up in your right, head. Right, right, right. But no, I do see these things. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, I don't see that. So that's okay. Yeah. I see some of that. And I'm going to help you in that journey to get there. It makes me think about when I was a young mom, when our youngest was born, and I was really struggling with anxiety. And that just screamed louder than any other reality <laughs> in my life at that time. And my mentor, Marty, would say to me, Christina, this will be part of your past. This will be a chapter that you will close one day. And I just thought she was nuts. But hearing her say that gave me hope. Like, really? Yes, because you're going to walk through this. It wasn't pie in the sky. It was like, no, you're going to walk out of this. You do have the tools. You're going to reach the other side. She believed that for me because I certainly didn't. But by her saying that, it gave me hope. Okay, for younger audiences, when you say pie in the sky, yeah. what does that mean? I know what it means, but what does that a mean? Pollyanna attitude, super I'm sorry, lean. you said it again. Pollyanna? <laughs> super, super over the top, positive thinking. Okay. Yeah. 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 I understood that, but keep in mind <laughs> yeah. our, our different ages of audiences. Yeah. So I just think that's such a great quality. If you are a mentee, if you have a mentor or you're looking for a mentor, This person needs to be able to see the bigger picture. And again, we come from a biblical vantage point. There's always possibility in Christ. We should always be growing and changing. And your mentor needs to see possibilities for you. And if you are a mentor, maybe that's a wake-up call. If maybe you can't see how a mentee can dig their way out of a situation, step back. (laughs) Ask the Holy Spirit to give you some perspective Holy Spirit, what do you see as the potential for this person? I just think there's that's a huge characteristic that if you don't have developed that, hone in on that ability to see things for your mentee. That, and if you don't have someone who sees potential in you. Yeah, get another mentor. <laughs> well, no, you may not have it. Well, if you have a mentor and they don't see potential, yeah, yeah get another mentor. Yeah. But you may not even have anyone in your life who sees potential in you. Yeah. Go find someone. Yeah. And you say, well, that sounds awkward. It's worth the awkwardness yeah. to do it. I'm going to share a statement with you. Yeah. A mentor needs to have hope in the mentee mm-hmm. and to help him or her move beyond their current challenges and struggles, mm-hmm. which may be currently controlling his or her life. Okay. What do you think about that? I don't know. What do you think? Because you read it. I kind of daydreamed, if I'm honest. I got stuck. Okay. Well, I hope the audience said. is listening. Well, I got stuck on or, one comment of it. There, there's current <laughs> challenges and struggles and issues that we're going, we're maybe we're going through. Sure. That a mentor could say, yes, you're going through those things. This is how you think right now. This is how you feel. 
but there is hope beyond this. Right. I see potential once you move beyond this as well. Right. So, I'm anyway. glad you unpacked that because that's exactly what Marty did for me. Okay. What could you imagine for your own life if a trusted person who cared about you were to say to you, you are not your struggles and you're not your sins? Mm. What, what, what would you, there is so much, excuse me, there is so much untapped potential inside of you. Yeah, that's great. I need to be reminded of that myself sometimes mm-hmm. because I can, I will struggle, I will sin, I will get stuck in my head, and I will believe that certain potential is not for me. Mm-hmm. But yet I, I've been told it is, I know it is. Yeah. Here, I'm going to share this example that uh-huh. I wrote down at some point. Yeah. There was a friend who is a gifted designer and builder of furniture, mm-hmm. quality furniture. Mm-hmm. He has an idea. He draws it out on paper and within a short amount of time has created a beautiful piece of furniture for people to use and enjoy. He is able to see potential with an idea and to carry it on to completion. All right? I think mentoring is similar. I am by no means a guy who can design and create furniture, but I am a man who can hear a person's story and imagine great potential for him or her, mm. even if he cannot see it for himself at the time. Yeah. Well, and because we take a biblical perspective, a mentor, this kind of is another characteristic, but a mentor is an encourager. A mentor sees things, this is exactly what we're speaking to, that will encourage someone because we want them to live in their full potential for Christ. We want their life to be duplicated, replicated, poured into somebody else because we believe we're most acting like Christ when we step into that role of mentor and give our lives away to someone else, help them become all, it's not like, what is it, the army, be all you can be, but kind of, right? Be all that you can be in Christ. And a a mentor sees that potential for you and encourages you toward that. If you're a parent, mentoring actually should start mm, with you at home. Yeah. And it cannot start too early. Right. I, I think about things. We have three grown daughters. I think of things that we have said to them over the years, mm-hmm. but even early on. And here's an example. Our youngest daughter is a gifted singer. Yeah. And I don't just say this as a dad, but she really is gifted. She's been singing like big band type music <laughs> since she was five years old, yeah. memorizing every word hearing every every note and repeating it. Yeah. I mean, really gifted. And then now she's 19 at this point of this podcast recording. But I have told her for a number of years, Libby, I see this in you. You yeah. are a gifted singer. You could handle a stage with a large audience mm-hmm. with such confidence and people would be drawn into what you're singing because of your, your gift of singing, mm-hmm. your countenance. Anyway, so... I started speaking that into her life as well, and you did too. Yeah. I think she believes it today. Well, that's such a great point. Let's say, because I'm a woman, you're a young mom, and you've got kids at home. You're like, ah, I don't have time to mentor somebody. You are young mom, young dad. You are mentoring those sweet ones that God has given you, and that it has to start first at home. And so I think we cannot underestimate the strong power of words and so what i don't want people to hear us say chris is just encourage people to just encourage and flatter no let's say your 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 little one at home or somebody you're mentoring they're shy well 
what other characteristics do they have? Maybe they're a person who doesn't give up. And then you you highlight that. You know what? That tenacity, that's God-given. That's going to serve you well. We are foster grandparents. Our oldest daughter is a, a foster mom and her husband a foster dad. And we have embraced this role as foster grandparents. And even at three and six, these two sweet ones in our lives, there are things, you know, as a three and six year old that they do. And you're like, why on earth did you do that? But there are certain things I already see, you know, six year old sweet boy, I won't say his name because I don't know how that works for privacy and whatever, but He is a leader. He is handsome. He's charismatic. And so I take opportunities to say, oh, sweet one, you did whatever so well. That's what great leaders do. Well, and his three-year-old little sister. Oh, my goodness. She has such passion. She's assertive. She's a leader as well. An expressor. She she is not easily intimidated by adults. Right. Considering even the background she's had so far at three years of age. So we could go on and on and on about these ones. But but see potential. So what what happens to these two young people as things are spoken into them? I see this in you. I see this in you. Now, let's clarify. Let's be realistic. Right. Had someone told me, Chris, I think this is fair to say. You are going to be a, a physicist, okay? I see potential in you. Yeah. No, yeah. not really, okay? I have gifts and talents and abilities, but it's not in those necessary areas. Sure. So it's not just being, it's not flattery. Right, that's what I want to drive home the point. We're not, don't speak fluff. Speak words of truth. What right. do you see Yeah, I see. Th- I see this in you. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't and- have to believe it at the time. And if there's any naysayers who are listening, you don't think that's true? Think about in your own life. Anybody who ever said anything, a teacher, a parent, sibling, when they've said something negative, boy, we're quick to believe that. How we can make a difference with our words by speaking truth and identity and encouraging and seeing that potential flourish. Yeah, that's right. good. Anything else? No. Let, can we go to the number two? Yeah. So a mentor uses his or her emotions, her emotions wisely. Right. So You cannot give away what you don't have. So there have been seasons as a mentor where I'm learning and growing always. But a season in my life where a particular mentee took up a lot of energy and she was in crisis mode and I gave all my emotion to her. There was not an on and an off. And what, what we're saying here is know yourself to lead yourself well, exercise healthy boundaries. Do not get so emotionally invested or emotionally charged in your mentee that you do them and yourself a disservice by not having healthy boundaries. No, makes sense. Don't misunderstand what Christine is saying. We want you to become emotionally invested. Right. But there has to be balance. I was too extreme years ago when I began mentoring guys in my 20s. And I, th- I think it was this guy, Mike, who, who has spoken to my life. said, mm-hmm. Chris, you're taking on too much where I would be depleted. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't function well mm-hmm. maybe a day or two after, you know, yeah. some conversations. Right. I also learned that I cannot make someone change. Yeah. And I may want it so badly and I get so emotionally involved 
And I see potential, as we talked about in the other characteristic, <laughs> right, right, right. that I would want to push. And if they're not ready, yeah. they're not ready. So here's an example. Uh-huh. You're at work, whatever your job is, and it's been a hard day. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do when you walk in the front door of your home? Take a nap. <laughs> yeah, well, kick Chill your shoes out. off. Yeah. Put your comfy clothes on. Right. You don't want to talk about work, right? You don't want to dwell on it. You want to get a nice beverage, a snack, take a nap, whatever, watch mm-hmm. TV. You want to let it go. Mm-hmm. What happened today at work happened. Yeah. People are not projects. Don't misunderstand. Yeah. But at some point, as a good mentor, uh-huh. you've got to put it on the shelf. Yeah. Well, and that it speaks into healthy boundaries. It does. Recently, I have really had to come to terms with my own personal boundaries in this area. And one thing that I have discovered on my phone is this wonderful feature called the Do Not Disturb setting. <laughs> and for myself... I know there are certain times when I've given a lot. I'm an introvert, which you may find it a little bit surprising, but I've got to have my no people time. And during those times, I put my phone on do not disturb. And I do not give a lot emotionally because I'll go back to my opening statement. You cannot give away that which you do not have. Another side, when we think about using your emotions wisely Do not take emotion from your mentee on yourself. So if a mentee is so offended by a situation, somebody has hurt them, you can't take that offense on. Try to remain objective. Maybe they have been hurt and lambasted, but you cannot take up that offense for them or that anger or that fear or whatever. You're doing a disservice to them. So I think that's... Yeah, that's worth noting. I have to tell myself that because I, if I really believe in someone, and yeah. I want to believe in them if I'm mentoring them, right? And they were hurt. Yeah, my humanness, human side will want to. Yeah, give me their name. I'm but gonna, yeah, I, yeah, but I have to. Yeah, you're right. I have to. What? How did you describe it? Give I my, don't know. Give yeah. myself a boundary in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anything else on on emotion? There's so much more we could talk about. Right. But it's another characteristic of being a healthy mentor right is to well one last thing i want to say is you know we've all been in those situations where we ourselves or somebody that we're mentoring they begin to emotionally spiral right they things are worse to worse to worse 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 if we are not careful those of us who really give our lives away through mentoring we can spiral right along with them so we have to remain objective enough not detached but objective enough to go, wow, it sounds like you're really spiraling here. Let's think on the things that are really true here. It may feel this, but what are what are the things that are true in this situation? We, to help steer this, this ship of somebody else's emotions, we're not responsible for it, but we can help steer the ship. I also think, so don't misunderstand, we want you to become emotionally involved. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's healthy relationships. Yeah. There's emotional... Intelligence? In, well... No. No, there's equity, I guess I would say. Oh, sure. And so if, if you, you're mentoring someone and they're telling you a, about a situation or something that's happened, whatever, mm-hmm. and they're weeping. Yeah. Don't... Don't be stone hard, yeah, cold. Well, yeah. Well, don't, yeah, don't go, oh, I, can't, I cannot show emotion here. Right. And you don't want to be... You want to be real about it, but if it hurts... And the more you get to know them, the closer the relationship is, it right. will hurt you as well exactly. on their behalf. Yeah. And so it's okay to shed some tears. Yeah. That's happened before between two men. They share something so painful and you go, oh my, that hurts mm-hmm. me for you because I care about you. Right. And so using the emotions wisely. Right. 
And you know, Chris, let's say you're in that situation. I've met a girl and, and we're, she's walking through something horrible. This happened recently. We're at a cafe and she's just pouring her heart out. I'm shedding tears over my cappuccino. It's sad. What I've learned to do, and, and still not always successfully, but when I get my car or she leaves my house or whatever, oh, I have to take a deep breath. And all the things that she has shared with me, and boy, what a privilege, I have to give that back to God. I can't just stick that in my backpack and move on because then I carry it. I have to release that. I have to release her if I'm holding too tightly to a situation. You know, her hurt is caused by a person in her life. I got to release that other person. It takes some time and effort to release, but then that helps me be more emotionally available because I've released it to God. I've released her, the circumstances, and I can't take her and all of the people involved in her life and put her in my backpack because then my backpack gets too hard to carry. Yeah. Using your emotions wisely will help you connect with that person. Yeah. This, this person was not mentoring me. Uh-huh. He was a supervisor and I'm sitting across from him. Are you him. giving an example? An example. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... It, I was so weary, so tired, and I had emotion as I'm sharing this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this man, who's a supervisor, will be able to give me some words. Yeah. His facial expression did not change in the least. Mm-hmm. He was almost looked like he was shocked. Mm. And just a, just a blank stare. Uh-huh. I finished what I had to say, and he had no comment. Wow. The guy wasn't mentoring me. My point is, though, I did not feel connected with that supervisor, sure. I thought he doesn't even understand me or get me. Yeah. And that affected our working relationship. So as a mentor, you want to connect yeah. well. And you can part of the way you do that is to acknowledge that person's emotion. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of people's emotions. Right, right, right. Some people are, oh, you're gonna you're gonna cry or you're gonna be angry. In fact, can you allow a mentee to be angry in a mm. conversation with you? Yeah. I hope so because they're being honest about it. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Anything else on that that aspect? I think that's good. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's finish out on the third one. A mentor follows through on what he or she says they will do. Right. That's a basic human principle when you're dealing with people, whether on the job and personal life. Hey, yeah, I'll get back to you. I'll bring that by. And somebody doesn't bring that by. It causes a kink in your plans or whatever. When we follow through, it builds equity in the relationship, but it it tells somebody, hey, this person can be trusted. Mm-hmm. So if they say they're going to bring a book by and they bring the book by, that mentee then is going to have further proof. Oh, well, if I share this and they say that I'm, they're not going to tell anybody, they're not going to tell. It seems like such a silly thing, but follow through with the things that you say you're going to do, whether it's sending a resource or praying it gets on my last nerve when somebody says, I'm going to pray for you. One, I want them to stop right then and pray for me. Or two, I want to know that they've prayed for me. Or okay. I want them to physically pray. Just follow through with what you say you're going to do. That's such a key ingredient to the recipe of being a good mentor. Well, it's interesting. It can seem like something simple. But if someone does not follow through on something, maybe the first time I go, okay, we all make mistakes sure. or we overlook things. And I've done that before. But then it happens again. Yeah. And again, at some point, something in my brain goes, okay, limit your trust in this person. Right. Because what they say, and they may be a good person. Right. 
but it could be a deficit for them. It could be a blind spot to go, I can't really trust what they're saying because they haven't come through on these in these different areas. Which really brings a good point. Don't say something if you don't have the ability to follow through on it, right? So there's things that I've sometimes offered up that were too big of a thing for me to offer up. Okay. Do you have an example? Well, as I've said that, I'm like, E-e-e-e. sometimes when I've been super busy and I've met with somebody and they're in a crisis, I say, you know what? I'm going to touch base with you tonight. Okay. I better be able to touch base with that person that night because, yeah, it just goes, it just speaks to what we're saying. Yeah. Follow through is is important. I mean, it's an important in a marriage. It's important with our, our children that they know what mom and dad say. I can count on it. That builds that trust. And you go, you know what? Whatever comes out of their mouth, I know it's going to be real. Right. We've spoken a lot about the power of words. I just think this thing of follow through I think we live in an age where follow through is almost not accepted. Hey, let's get together next week. Hey, let's do lunch. Hey, give me a call. Nobody on both sides, the one saying and the one hearing, really expect that's going to be follow through. Yeah, that's probably a, another, that's a different, maybe a different subject in a right, sense. But However. No, because that is true. It's not a different subject. Because that is true of society, then when you say it, do it. Oh, okay, be good point. Be a person of integrity. Be a mentor who follows through. Hey, let's set something up next week. By golly, set something up next week. I'm not surprised by it. I'm disappointed and actually discouraged on a professional level. The number of people, I will say men because I meet with a lot of men who who don't follow up or yeah. follow through on something they say they will do. Right. Either they forget or it's not a priority or they just they didn't really want to do it. Yeah. But I, I can deal with it. Yeah. But it's it's not enjoyable and it hinders potential. Yeah. Friendships and partnerships. Small example. Years ago, we were we had relocated to a new town, and somebody I really wanted to get to know kept saying, "Hey, let's get together. Hey, let's get together. Hey, let's get together." And the first two times, I was like, "Ah, oh, she wants to connect with me." Nothing, nothing, nothing. Realizing, okay, well, she's busy. I'll, I'll reach out. And I wrote, yeah, let's do it next Wednesday. Okay, what time? Nothing, nothing, nothing. On the receiving end of that, I'm confident enough not to feel like, oh, well, what am I? Come to the earth. But man, that really devalues the person's role in your life. If you're saying one thing, but then you're not following through, boy, that not follow through sometimes communicates a lot more than what is said face-to-face. Does that make sense? It does. So as a mentor, when you choose to follow through, you're showing that mentee great value. Yeah. You have value to me. I'm going to do what I say I could do yeah. or I want to do. And if you can't, if something happens and you can't follow through on it, don't say ignore it. it. Just say it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I, I told you I would do that. But I can't. I actually can't now. Yeah. That has a... That carries a, a lot of weight yeah. with, with me and I think a lot of people. Yeah. What else on that? I think that's it. So let's review. We talked about that a mentor is able to see the potential in another. I think that was really good discussion, if I do say so myself. We talk about that a mentor uses their emotions wisely. Refresh yourself on boundaries and, and how to use them well. And then we just finished up the discussion about following through. If you say you're going to do something, 
do it. So anything else on those three characteristics of a good mentor? No, they sound good. And there, yeah. there are many more we can share, but yeah. we try to break it down in bite-sized pieces. Yeah. And we'll share more in the future. Yeah. So let us know what you think about today. Like, subscribe. We really, this is our passion. <laughs> we love what we do and we don't take lightly the the characteristics of a good mentor because they're needed, they're necessary. And so take these to heart, share them with someone else. And as always, thanks so much for listening. We want to thank you as always for listening. If today was helpful, if something that you listened to was helpful, we would really love it if you would go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, download, subscribe, and for all things related to podcast, if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to you, just go to FahrenheitMentoring.org. 